Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. podcast i've got miss kathy huvar kathy uh has uh, I've, I've gotten to know kathy because she has directed at the summer camp that my wife and i sort of head up uh, for fort bend uh, we aren't the only ones that have stuff to do with that camp but we are sort of the facilitators for it i guess if you will but anyway we have had kathy i believe twice maybe just once but i bought twice but we've had kathy and uh, I've kept in touch with her, and we're, you know, Facebook BFFs, Facebook friends and such, and so wanted to have her on. She's just one of the nicest, kindest people you'll ever meet. She is a retired teacher. Uh, I, I have had her as uh, an adjudicator. I might have even had her as when I contest manage. Man, I, you know, you know, my memory. Anyway, but uh, I've... Irregardless, it's not a word, but regardless of what I just said, I've gotten to know Kathy over the past couple years and just uh, a pleasure to know her. And uh, one of the people that when Philip Taylor said Kathy Huvar's one of just the best in, out there right now, um, I believed him. I didn't believe him for everybody, but uh, for Kathy, I, I learned to believe him that uh, she is truly one of the best people that you could get to know as a theater director and as an educator and just anything out there. So she is currently still teaching. Um, she's teaching English to uh, Chinese speakers over in China. So she is one of those similar to uh, what I had with Teresa uh, Raglan. So Teresa does that as well. She, as you'll, I, I think this is on the record, but I don't remember if we recorded this part, but Kathy and I talked about that and. You know, Teresa is just a ball of energy when it comes to that stuff. Kathy kind of sets her own schedule because of uh, her retirement. She can. That's You kind of earn that right when you retire. But uh, she does that, and it was kind of cool to see her background on the Zoom. And I don't do video, and maybe one day I will, but uh, uh, I don't think a lot of theater teachers out there really want to do the podcast if I'm recording them just based on just based on assumption and them telling me they're not wearing makeup uh, during the interview. And I'm talking about the men in that one. So anyway, uh, I also want to wish everybody a happy Black History Month. And if you are an educator in a classroom, it would be wise for you, no matter what type of classroom you're in, to sort of acknowledge Black History and maybe do something that celebrates Black History Month I know many years ago at my school, or at Dulles, no longer my school, but at Dulles, they uh, did something during Black History Month that kind of rubbed some people the wrong way, and it just showed the impact of how much just like a couple of pictures might have to a culture, uh, to some of the students. And so on the opposite side of things, if you just happen to pay some sort of recognition to it, in just one of your classes or, you know, just one day, uh, then I know that that will go a long way as far as, uh, you know, certain students feeling accepted and, and special. All of that said, I have some former students um, that have told me countless times that I'm invited to the barbecue. And 
I know, I think it's a metaphorical barbecue. I don't know. I don't know what they're referencing, but I know that it's a thing that they say, you know, you're invited to the barbecue. Uh, yeah, you'd be invited to the barbecue. And they tell other teachers, you know, they're not so, they're not invited to the barbecue. But um, I'm like waiting for when this barbecue is going to happen because uh, I've just, I like barbecue. So if, if this is a real thing, then will somebody please, please let me know when and where I can find said barbecue, because I love me a good smoked rib. Anyway, uh, I never say social media stuff on here, and every time I'm done, like, and it's uploaded and ready to go, and I hit the release thing, and, uh, you know, set the time and all that stuff, I think, man, I should have said something about my social media. So, hit me up on Twitter, at Mr. Blake Miner. Hit me up on Facebook. Just type in my name. I've had people friend me on Facebook and I don't know who you are, but we have lots of mutual friends. So I assume you're good. Uh, but hit me up on the social meds, bruh. I'm also at minor wisdom pod, but I don't tweet a lot from there other than just the episode itself. But, uh, just want to make sure I put that out there that, um, you know, I'm out there on the social media guys. Enjoy this amazingly fun interview with miss Kathy Hoover. I, um, I grew up in a very, very small uh, farming community. And it was a community really because um, most of this little community was made up of my relatives. My dad came from a family. He was the youngest of 11 children. And so um, I went to Louise High School, well, all the way through grammar school, middle school. Uh, I had 39 kids in my graduating high school class. So it was very, very small. And so throughout, most of my education, I didn't have any educational exposure to theater or speech or anything like that. Um, we did have band and it was a very small school. Well, at that time schools were, there were four class, five classifications actually, four, 1A through 4A, but then there was another classification called class B. And those were the really, really small okay. schools. And Louise was a class 1A school. So um, in order for the band to have enough people to uh, make sound on the, on the field during football games, they also had the junior high kids <laughs> playing in the high school band. So, you know, that's, that's what you did. You, band was the only really uh, fine art that you could be a part of. So um, I'll never forget, I, I remembered sitting with my band director in junior high. I had no idea what I was doing. And he, he was, I guess, trying to see if I could match pitch and that kind of thing. I don't know. And so anyway, at the end of the audition, he said, okay, you're going to play oboe. So, okay. I have no idea what an oboe is, but um, so I played oboe until um, I guess until probably I was a sophomore in high school. And then when I was a junior, we got this wonderful man. I'm not sure how he chose Louise to come to because that's such a small place um, but he was just amazing. He had a theater background. He started, the he started doing productions. He started a journalism class. He started all of the speech activities. And, and that, that's when it really took off for me, um, because I was in all of those. So, um, after Louise, I went to Wharton County Junior College and was active in theater there. Uh, then went to South, what was Southwest Texas State University and majored in theater there um, and got my uh, a teaching certificate. And so actually I majored in theater and minored in speech and English because they said, if you want a teaching job, 
you need something other than theater and something other than speech. So I added English to that since I already had what, 24 hours on that. So um, I, uh, I, when I, gra I went an extra semester, I had to, didn't graduate in, in May. Um, I had to go an extra semester because uh, in my advanced direct directing class, the, my lead actor on shortly before the performance, which was the major part of my grade for that class, and I needed it for graduation, was in a major accident and we couldn't do the performance. So I had to come back for one more semester to finish that class up. And uh, so I started teaching at Wharton High School in January. Um, that was quite an experience. Well, I was lucky, I guess, to get a job to begin with in, in the middle of the year, but you know, the kids spent, I don't know how long saying, are you the substitute? When, when is our, and, and then finally, at one point I had this one kid tell me, he said, you know, we've had three speech teachers in two years. And I said, I thought at that point, I thought, oh really? Well, I'm gonna be the last one you have for a long time. You're not getting rid of me that fast. So that kind of made me, kind of made me focus and stay, and stay with a, the course at Wharton High School. And I was there for, I was there for 10 years, I guess. And then um, I became the theater director at Wharton County Junior College. And I stayed there for 15 years. And then, um, <laughs> then Rod Sheffield uh, talked to me and he was headed over to Kingwood High School from Lamarck and had an opening for a, um, a fourth theater teacher and, uh, kind of, and talked me into, into applying for that position. So I worked with Rod then for five years. Then um, I decided that I wanted to move a little bit closer back to home, this is in Kingwood. Home was of course, Louise, that area, El Campo. And um, I decided that uh, I would look for a, I need, and I couldn't do a high school job because I was also adjudicating. So there was no way that I could be involved in a one-act play contest and be an adjudicator, and I didn't want to give up the adjudicating. So uh, I decided that I would uh, teach junior high, and um, I thought I would like it because at Kingwood, I was teaching uh, kids at the ninth grade campus, so they were just coming in from junior high, and they were great. They were wonderful because they would do anything. You know, you could tell them, you know, stand on your head and they'll say, let me show you how many ways I can do it. They were crazy. I loved them. I thought, well, I could do junior high. It's okay. And so people, people would look at me like I was crazy. They said, you want to go to junior high? And I said, well, yeah, I think so. And I finally decided that one of two things would happen if I went to junior high, either, either I would love it and I would stay there until I retired or uh, they would, <laughs> I've always said this, or they would find my, my picture on the, the wall of the post office for killing a prepubescent child. <laughs> so, either way, I was good for life at that point. And luckily, I liked it. I stayed there for 12 years at, at uh, Memorial Parkway Junior High in Katy and loved the kids and, and loved teaching them and, and did retire from there. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my story in terms of, of where I am and, and where I've come from. So uh, did you do any sort of um, professional acting or directing or designing? Have you I done did that? not. You know, it was something I always dreamed of doing. I always thought I would do it, but I was never brave enough to, to take that step. Um, 
but it, it really has always been a dream of mine. Yeah, I did community theater. That's yeah. not professional theater. But I mean, like something um, that your kids, you know, because I, I think I always find it fascinating when you tell your students, you know, your teacher is in something. They think it's they think you're a celebrity immediately. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I, I did a little community theater stuff. Yeah. The cl- closest thing I ever did to anything that was professional that was, that was paid was it was an extra at Southwest Texas when they filmed um I think it was called Attack on Terror, which was about okay. the, um, the 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 three young people who went to Mississippi yeah. for the civil rights thing and they were murdered. Yeah. You know, I just got to be a person in the crowd. You know, but I got paid. You got paid for <laughs> not it. much. <laughs> so there you not go. Not much, but no, I didn't do any professional Movie theater. Credit. I would love to have done it. Yeah. Are you still? Would you now? You know, I would. Um, and I've thought about doing. Uh, it, post-COVID probably, sure. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. even doing some of the uh, community theater things. Uh, I think for me right now, uh, you know, the challenge would be, can I really, you know, it used to be, I would get so irritated when I was in shows in college and people would say, how did you memorize all those lines? And I would think, man, that's the easiest yeah. thing to do is memorize the lines. It's creating the character that's tough. But now I think for me, it's been so long since I've had to memorize lines. Yeah, I think muscle. I would- yeah, I think I would have to practice doing yeah. that before just to make sure. Do you yeah. fancy yourself as a, a designer type as well? I don't. I do not have I that would. gene in me. <laughs> I don't. You uh, know, I can't, I can't put, I have, I'm lucky to put two colors together that won't make people grow up. You know, it's just, I really, I don't, I admire it. I admire what people can do and I, I you know, I marvel at it, but I do not have a design gene in my body. So I've got to, I'll argue with you and tell you that I think you do uh, for two reasons. One is the background you have behind you is, (laughs) you know, for the, obviously this is not a visual podcast and we talked about this before you, you came on, but uh, you are doing, uh, you know, teaching online. And so you Mm -hmm. have the nice background (laughs) that you have created. It's not a virtual back. At first I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of a cool virtual background. That's a real (laughs) That's an actual background. No, so, that's that's my yeah, yeah. So and that is it's colorful. It's fun to look at. Uh, you know. Um, and number two is, and again, we talked about this before we got on. Is you mm-hmm. you have worked in Fort Bend with the summer camp, and I've yeah. seen your shows. And and I say this all the time to the parents uh, in the introduction. You may have heard me say this, or you may have been stressed out, worried about your show. But I always say. <laughs> to the parents when I introduce them is don't get caught up in the fact that we've produced a show in six days and go back yeah. to your home school and say, well, they did it in six days. Why can't you? Uh, that's yeah. not the same. <laughs> not <laughs> but, at all. But you not have, you have, you have a, a pretty, the reason you were asked to come in wasn't <laughs> an accident. It wasn't because we picked names out of a hat, but uh, <laughs> so you do have a knack to put something together in a rather short period of time as well, but that's not yeah. part of the point, but, uh, and it looks good and is effective. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, you as an educator, cause you went to school for education, right. um, or, or there was a part of that. Like I, you know, I was alternative certified. So I, I was like, yeah. cross my fingers. Let's make sure let's be a theater <laughs> professional. And then I was like, well, I'll do education. But as an educator, you know, I think there's something inside of an educator's brain that is a design feature is something you have to create something that is appealing to your students. So all that to be said, I disagree with you. 
I think you have a little bit of design, <laughs> design skills. I, I think for me, I, I, I'm always so, um, it's, everything ha is so symmetrical for sure. me. And I think the, th the thing that I have trouble breaking out of that, it, everything has to be symmetrical kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And so I always admire people when I can, I can see things put together in a way that, that I could never have envisioned in my, in my, right. in my eye. Are you a math person? Like, were you a math person oh, growing up? Oh, no, no, no. Interesting. No, no. Okay. I had trouble in first grade. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Would you still have trouble uh, with a first grader's math skills? <laughs> <laughs> I can remember having trouble with, you know, I think, I think I wasn't paying attention when they said you have to memorize the, you know, the, the equations the and stuff, addition, yeah. subtraction, yeah. and I'm still counting on my fingers, you know, <laughs> under the table. You know, so, oh, I have never been a math person right. ever. I will okay. say being the father of an eight-year-old uh, it is quite embarrassing sometimes when she comes home <laughs> with work already that I'm like, man, I haven't touched I this in literally decades. So I don't know. Um, anyway, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. when did, when did the, the theater bug bite you? Do you remember like that moment that you had that you were like, man, this is, this is something. You know, I think, I think it's something that I, I always, even as a kid, you know, I could, I could watch a movie and come home and want to play all the characters. Right. So I think there, I think there, that's always kind of been something that's been in my spirit or in just in, in me, but I never, um, until, because growing up where I grew up, we just didn't have any resources right. like that, you know, and, um, so I don't know if my path would have, I think I would have been a teacher of some sort, probably English, but I, my path really changed or really focused, I guess, when uh, Cecil Trainer came right. to, to Louise High School and we had somebody who just opened it all up for us. And uh, it, it, I think he was, he was the one who really um, helped me to, to see that I could do this and right. that there, there was a way to do it. I'm not sure I ever would have would have been able to without him. Did you know what it was you liked so much when you were a kid before Cecil came to mm -hmm. your high school? I just liked, I just liked being different characters. Okay. I like to do, I could vision, I could always visualize and I could always put myself into their place and I could always feel the emotions. And it was just being, being somebody different, somebody other than myself. And uh, I, th I think that was always something that just just appealed to me. What did what did your parents think? Like, did they think, "Oh my gosh, we're going to spend a lot of money on psychology"? And <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, and no, mm -mm. my parents were very supportive. Yeah. You know, they again, whatever their kids wanted to do, as long as it meant that you were going to be self sufficient. And of course, I never talked about doing professional theater, but I think even if I had done that, my parents would have been okay with right. it. Uh, they were very supportive. They were Good. very supportive. Uh, they came to see every show that I was in in high school, in college, every show I directed, you know, that when, when they were still living. Yeah. But it, yeah, because a lot of people, a lot of my friends too, their parents weren't nearly as supportive as mine. Right. Where in mine, you know, my dad was a farmer. He was, and most, and they didn't graduate from high school, you know, they, they didn't have that education. Right. So um, they, I think they were, I think they were very pleased and very yeah. proud. So I, yeah, I had total support from my parents. So to, uh, you mentioned your dad was a farmer. Is there something kind of quirky and fun that you've taken from that life, uh, from that side mm -hmm. that you still continue to do today? Like, do you have a vegetable garden or do you have 
You know, like I, I know nothing about farming other than what I've seen in Charlotte's Web. So please help yeah, me. <laughs> you know, here, here's the thing about the whole farming thing. I, I was the youngest of four children. And so my brothers, I had two brothers and a sister and uh, all three of them, my dad farmed cotton. He was a cotton farmer. Okay. And so all three of them uh, were at various times out in the fields with the, you know, the cotton picker and, and they helped with that farming. Right. But I was, um, my, the, the sibling I have closest to me is five and a half years older than I am. So the only thing I can remember is, is, is in the, at the field is I would sitting on a blanket with my mother in the shade. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was okay. it. And the only thing, only cotton I ever picked was when my uncle, um, you know, I decided I wanted to pick cotton. And so he let me take a sack and, you know, I made right. it down like maybe a third of a row picking cotton. And then my fingers hurt. And I said, no, this is not for right. me. So, but do you still <laughs> like to sit on blankets in the shade? I'd love I mean, to sit on blankets in the shade, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's probably it. But, you know, gardening and that, I have tried. Yeah, I try to yeah. grow things, but <laughs> my problem is I forget to water things. <sighs> and then I get distracted and, you know, plants kind of scream when they see me coming at the at the nursery and say, no, don't pick me. Yeah, my wife is, uh, she has a green thumb, sort of, but she's also notorious for killing bamboo. Like she's been given oh, bamboo plants. bamboo? And exactly. See, everybody knows that bamboo is like one of the hardest things to like, you can't kill bamboo. She can, she's the bamboo whisperer on the opposite side of things, but yes. Oh my gosh. It's very weird. That's a skill. Yeah, that is a skill. She's, I mean, we have a beautiful garden, so everything else is really great, but for some reason she's, uh, she's the bamboo killer. (laughs) I don't know. There'll be a Netflix Mm -hmm. special about her soon. I'm sure. But (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, what? um, So going to the education side of things, what, what was it about? Because you went back to Wharton County to work or to Wharton Mm -hmm. County Junior College, not Wharton County. But uh, what was it about that place that kind of drew you back? Well, I mean, it's I, I, at that point I hadn't really left because I went from Wharton High School right. to Wharton County. Well, junior I mean college. the the junior college element of things, not oh, the, not, not the I town. Just, you know, the junior the junior co- high school got me started in in theater um, and made me realize that I could do this. But then when well, <laughs> when I went to um, to Wharton County Junior College to continue my studies, you know, I I was in the theater program and I never really thought, you know, I thought I'll would never be very successful at it, you know, because most of the roles I had in high school weren't, weren't big roles, but, um, and I didn't audition for a show the first semester I was there. I worked uh, house and I worked crew and that sort of thing. And um, so when I, um, during, they did one act, Texas Junior College Speech and Theater Association play festival. So they were doing auditioning for, uh, for one act. And I rode a bus to the campus because I lived 30 miles away. Yeah. And they still had buses that would pick you up at yeah, your house. You know? you so far. I didn't have a car. <laughs> um, so I was, I auditioned for the, for the show, but then I had to leave before the auditions were over because I had to catch my bus. So I <laughs> never forget. I was wa- started had walked out of the building and had started walking across the campus. And all of a sudden uh, I heard somebody calling my name and I turned around. It was one of the kids who was a second year student. He said, where are you going? And I said, I have to go home. I have to catch a bus. He said, well, well, Mr. Long wants you to keep reading. Can you, can you, somebody pick you up? And I went, well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it, it was, and 
so I went back and actually got got the lead role on that one. Um, and that was the first lead role I'd ever had. And so that really gave me a lot of confidence, I think. And it was just the group of kids at that time. We had a really, really um, uh, close group, close knit group of kids at the college, had a really good program. And it just, that's when I think you said, when did the bug bite you? Yeah. I think that was when it really bit. And, and so I've always had a very uh, close connection and feeling to Wharton County Junior College, just because I think that really gave me uh, the beginning of, of my set, sense of confidence. Yeah that this was something I could be good at. Do, uh, did you end up having kids for six years straight? Like that went from <laughs> Wharton High School well, to- Well, uh, on the decade plan, that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I don't, well, that too. Uh, but I mean, I mean that carried over from oh, the high school. Oh, from high school. Yes, over. I had, a, yeah. yes. I had a number of kids who came over from high school in, into the junior college. Yeah. So yeah, okay. it was really, it was really <laughs> Yeah, cool. but the decade plan too. I, I was on the decade plan for my bachelor's. <laughs> I, I had a lot of friends who were on the decade plan. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, yeah, we, we did have some kids that, that came over from the high school then, and that was really pretty Did cool. that affect how you chose your season, knowing that you kind of already knew some of these kids coming in? Yeah, I did, because I, I you know, I could, um, I could, I could match up a little bit better. Yeah. But the other thing too, is sometimes I had, like, for example, at, at, uh, at Wharton High School, I might, with our one acts, um, there were several one acts I really would have loved to have done the full production of, right. you know. Um, and so I took a number of the shows that I did as one acts right. at Wharton High School, and I was able to do the, the full production then at the college. So when I had kids that were coming over, you know, then you go, mm, yeah, I want to do this show and they were in this show, but I'm not going to cast them in the same role I cast right. them in before I want to try them in something else. So it's, you, you kind of, yeah, it kind of works out that way that you, it does actually, and actually one show that I did there and I loved having the extra freedom that I had yeah. at, at the college uh, to be able to do what I wanted to do. But I can remember one show um, I was, I was, I can't remember what drama I was looking at casting and I went into the first day of auditions and I listened to the auditions and there were some of my kids from the high school there. And I said, Oh no, they can't do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the next day I went back to my office and I went, mm, okay. And I found a comedy and brought it back and I said, okay, now we're going to do this one. <laughs> we're not going to forget the other one. We're doing this one. So you, you kind of touched on it just now, but was there a show that you wanted to do on the high school level that you at Wharton High School that you ended up doing at Wharton County Junior College, even though it's a very similar, I mean, it's the same community. Uh, yeah. So, but you yeah, said, you do you have, said a, you lot have a, the, freedom, a lot of the, a lot of the same, you know, you know, not really, except yeah. um, I guess the, the only one, the only thing I can think of along those lines is uh, when I did the shadow box at, at Wharton High School, yeah. I did the one act version of it and I had to be really, really, yeah. really careful because it's a very conservative community. But my kids had seen it at a at thespian festival right. and they loved it. They said, oh, we want to do it. We want to do it. I said, mm, I don't know. You know, this is I know we can cut the language out of it, but, you know, some of the, the some of those relationships. Right. Yeah. I said, mm, I don't know. So they finally talked me into doing it and to cutting it. And I said, okay, I'm going to try this. So I cut the show and I gave, <laughs> I gave a copy to 
one of the most conservative women on the campus, and she was an aide. I said, you know, I kind of want to do this show for one act. Uh, could you read it and see what you think about it? Yeah. And I wanted, you know, because I thought if she goes, oh no, you can't do it. <laughs> I thought, okay, that's it. So she read it and and I came back and she said, Oh, I liked it. It was very good. I said, yeah. really? I said, well, what did you think about um, you know, uh Maggie and I'm trying to remember, uh, was it Maggie and I, I blocked shadow box out of my brain for because of <laughs> right. summer it's, camp. Anyway, I was asking about yeah. each of the relationships. Then I got the one I was most concerned about is uh, Brian and Mark. I said, well, what would you think about that relationship? And she said, well, they seemed like very good friends. Said, <laughs> got it made. Okay. Because <laughs> the people who need to know will understand. Yeah. My kids will understand because they, they know it. But, That's but then I was able to do the whole show at the college. And so yeah. it's something I would not have been able to do at the high school level. Was it received well? Oh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. A, that's a good little trick. Give give your play or the cutting of the play to somebody that you might think would disapprove mm-hmm. um, and see what they say. That's that's a well, you know, and and there were well, I had to be careful because I think this was after. Yeah, I think it was after. We had started a production at the at the high school. Um, I'm I am not a musical person. I do not have sing. I do not have vocal training. I, I can't dance worth flip. Um, but at the at the high school, they always wanted to do a musical. Yeah. Okay. So we only had the choir director, and he decided one year that he wanted to do West Side Story. I said, no, I said, no, I said, we don't have the singers. We don't have the dancers, the guy dancers. Are you kidding me? That's like, you know, not, no, no, no. We need to do it. I said, oh man, I don't think so. And so, you know, I'm a wimp and I finally said, okay, fine. But he, and he had in mind a a young lady to play Maria and a young man to, you know, to play Tony and um, went through the auditions and, gave the script out to the kids kids the maria that he wanted took it home and her parents blew a gasket <laughs> you are not doing this show oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. you're not and so they, they pulled her out and then there got to be this huge uproar in the community and it was going to culminate and at that point <laughs> that's when I got my back up and said, yes, we are going to do it. <laughs> it's not going to look good or we're going to do it. You're not going to tell me we can't. And it ended up in a, um, in a huge, huge packed school board meeting wow. with most of the local um, uh, groups saying, you can't do this. Right. And there's, there's, it has no redeeming value. It only has, it's full of um, sex, racism, and violence. That's all it's full of. And I went, Kind of missed the story, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But wow. long story short, we ended up doing it. The school board said, "Okay, we can do it." It was not a good production. <laughs> I should have. I shouldn't have done it. You know, I should yeah. have said, "Yeah, let's just forget it." But you know, I considering just, I it's based off of uh, one of Shakespeare's, you know, lesser known <laughs> plays. But yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So yeah. I, I have a similar story. We didn't go to the to the board. Uh, for a couple of reasons that I'll, I'll tell you off the air, but um, <laughs> we were going to do the Heathers and uh, oh, yeah. uh, that one, we had a communal uproar as well from a certain 
religious group. So uh, mm-hmm. that that ended up becoming uh, quite the quite the conversation for for right. a few weeks at our school. So we ended up doing zombie prom, which is still about oh. suicide. And know. you know, <laughs> so that's but the guys, but you know, green. it's all in yeah. It's not, so shadow box actually came after that, and that okay. was the reason it had to be. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I get it now. Yeah, when you have to keep keep your uh, I guess your antenna up and ready to receive mm-hmm. any sort of uh, criticism from the <laughs> yeah. community. Yeah. Their stakeholders, uh, or you know, parents. Uh, but so I'm going to switch a little bit to talking about okay. OAP a little bit because you, uh, mm-hmm. you, you're still an adjudicator, um, mm-hmm. and and so now, so how long have you been an adjudicator now? I started doing that when I went to the college in 1985. Okay. Uh, so I started, I guess the spring that's 86. So however long that is. So I, I probably know the answer to this question, uh, okay. because most, most people have said the same answer, but do you enjoy the panel more than being alone? Or do you like, did you like being alone more than the panel? And I know some contests are still single, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. uh, which one do you prefer? You know, I, I'm, I'm surprised I, but I, I really do enjoy, I enjoy the panel. I, I do enjoy it. I especially enjoyed it when uh, the, when we could hear all of the critiques and I could hear all of the, the other adjudicators. I learned so much from listening to others adjudicate how they, how they critiqued the contest and how you handle certain things and address certain things. And, and some, you know, some elements that I would go, Oh yeah, I should have mentioned that. I didn't think about saying it that way. So I really liked it that way. Um, you know, it had been so long since I had been a single judge in in any contest that I had forgotten what a long, long day it is yeah. to be a single judge. Yeah. Sure. So I, I, but I definitely like the panel better. Do I do. You, do you find? And I know the I know the political answer is you're giving <laughs> you're giving a hundred and ten percent to the show that you're critiquing at that time. But do yeah. you, but we're human. Do you ever find yourself accidentally drifting and listening to how somebody is giving some uh, some of their notes to a cast and saying, "Oh yeah, you know, like how you just said, I liked listening and hearing what others said and how they delivered or things that they might have seen in a show." Do you ever like off in the distance hear that kind of? Oh yeah, they did say. I, I, you know, you want to. Oh, you, you wanna, mean hear, you mean hearing them actually critiquing? Yeah, or? Hear, like you're you're sitting there critiquing a school, but then you hear. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think of who Freddie Buckner's can to be kind of loud sometimes. You know, when he's critiquing. So not to call him out, I love yeah. Freddie, but but I mean, yeah. if you accidentally hear you hear Freddie give a note, and you while you're mm-hmm. sitting there talking, and you think, mm-hmm. oh, you want to kind of be like, yes, Freddie, <laughs> or you know, do, do you ever find you know, yourself? No, doing that? not really, because okay. when you know, as soon as I as soon as I start in on critique, you know, I'm 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 totally involved in it, I, and I'm I'm watching. For me, one of the big things when I start a critique is I want to get a feel for how well received this is going to be sure. uh, by the students, and I'm watching their faces. And, and I'm, I'm really trying to stay very engaged with the kids in particular, because I've always, I've always thought that if, that if I can, <laughs> if, I said, if I can make them laugh a little bit yeah. and get them feeling comfortable and like, I'm not the enemy, especially if they were, if they weren't in advancing school, then, you know, so it really is for me, it's a total focus. I usually don't, I usually don't hear, or I'm not right. aware of anything Good. else going on around. I'm really answer. not. 
<laughs> uh, do do you ever when you're when you're giving your uh, critiques? Because this is something I, as as anti one act play as I used to mm -hmm. be, I have clearly come full circle. And it might have been when Luis Munoz threatened me at a at a uh, <laughs> over a plate of barbecue in Austin. But uh, or no, it was actually here. It was in Houston. But uh, anyway, but uh, uh, have. I, so I would love to go down that adjudicator's uh, road at some point, but have you ever been critiquing um, a group of kids and you see one, one side or the other, but you see a kid react in a way that you weren't expecting and it could be a negative or a positive reaction, uh, but you see like, oh man, I, I either hit a nerve in a good way or I hit a nerve in a negative way and it wasn't your intention and you backpedaled. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had kind of that, it's it, usually it's not it's not so much backpedaling as it is and, and you, you, again you're, you're just kind of reading the body language right. most of the time and if if I feel like it's something that they've you know the wall has come down the curtain has come down and they're not going to pay any more attention you know I might try just one more time to see if if I can get them to respond to me in some way and usually I'll try to give them something positive right. to see if they'll respond to it and if they don't then I don't say anything. Right. I just move on and keep and, and go on to, with the critique. Right. You know, it, it's from, I've been really lucky. I've not had a lot of, of kids shut me down or directors shut me right. down. Um, you know, that's, that can be very hard when they're very tearful. I, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, the worst, the hardest critiques to give are to the shows that do not advance at the regional contest. Yeah. I get that. Those are the hardest and because it was just one, yeah, like one so more close. step. That's all it was going to be. And I mean, all of them are hard, but it's, you know, you just, you try and read those faces and, and if at all possible, you know, and sometimes you just, you can't get through to them. You yeah. try the best you can and you just, you know, you just can't, they don't want to hear it all positive. They want to hear things that they need yeah. to improve on as well. And you know, I try to do both, but sometimes you just have to, say it's just not going to happen they're right. not in a place where they can listen yeah i've i've never been to state but oh well, i've been as a audience member but so i mm -hmm. should but uh as a director i've never been but twice i was fortunate enough with pam wilson to go to region twice mm -hmm. and uh both times we had the same spiel from adjudicators which was now it comes down to that stuff that you didn't care about and that you beat yourself up in zone and district mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now that stuff is the reason you're not advancing because all the shows yeah. are great shows. There's, mm -hmm. there's no bad show here, but now yeah. when that light does mess up or when there is that small mistake, those are what divide, you know, mm -hmm. the, the shows up. And uh, so mm -hmm. I think part of what you, to what you said, I think part of, at least for me, what would beat me up is knowing it's something I, I had control over but and it did, yeah. something, it failed me. So that would, yeah. you know, I, I totally understand that. So now we were alternate one year to state. So, I mean, like, you know, I guess that's okay, but. <laughs> you know. Well, I don't know. I think that's almost worse because then it's like, oh, I was really that close, you know? Yeah, it's true. But it's still a year now it's what it's been 12, 13 years. So saying the words <laughs> alternate to state feel pretty good. They feel bad. <laughs> but yeah, back then, exactly. yeah, sure. It wasn't, it <laughs> wasn't so great. I know. But I know. How, I was, yeah, I was in, the, in that same, in that same boat, I think twice when I was uh, directing one act for Wharton high school, I think we were alternate to state twice. Yeah. Never made it, but alternate to state. Twice, so there yeah. you go. What did you, so you mentioned uh, 
was it your junior year in high school that is that when you started doing one act play or had you started mm-hmm. doing okay mm-hmm. so yeah that was yeah that was your beginning that was your introduction to one act that was my the the first show uh i'm trying to think i don't he would do uh, our theater director would do a senior play yeah and then one act play and so the very first one act play i was in was uh, a play written by Ramsey Yelvington called Women and Oxen. Good memory. And I was in the crew. I was in the crew on that one. Okay. Um, so uh, the next the next year when I was a senior, we did The Happy Scarecrow. Okay. And I was the woman in the audience. So, you know, it's, but yeah, that was, those were my introductions to, to theater. Have you seen The Happy Scarecrow as an adjudicator? Yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> okay. I had yeah. to think for a second, but yeah, I have. I have. Okay. It's interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I've, I've never heard of the happy scarecrow, so I might. Oh, you haven't. No, oh, I, my. No. Oh. I should put that on my short list. <laughs> you should. You absolutely should. That's a title that appeals to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, did when So when you became an adjudicator, you went back to high school to teach with Rod, correct? Sheffield? Right, right. I so I was still an adjudicator, but I didn't work with his one act. I right. directed a usually a fall show. Okay. Of I used only had to direct one show a year because there were four directors okay. at Kingwood at the time. So, uh, but I didn't work with with one act. Okay, because so my I was going to ask the question of did becoming an adjudicator change how you directed? But uh, I, I guess it's a moot point because you never directed a one act yeah, no, once you became no. an adjudicator. No, the closest I came to it was when I went to um, back to junior high and uh, Katie, Katie just doesn't do, or didn't at the time at yeah. least do uh, on the junior high level, right. any type of one act competition. And, you know, I, and I think, I think it's very valuable for those kids to do it because they're, you know, it's good training for them right. when they go into high school too, because they're going to be moving into a high school situation. And it's good for them to hear other other people critique right. them. It's good for them to see how to adjust to a new, you know, to a new environment. And so finally, um, Maggie Rodriguez yeah. um, and I, and I can't remember, somebody else, um, got like three or four people together and we did a little festival. Rachel Smith hosted right. it when at Katy High School. And now I think they they have been doing yep. a, a play festival. So it's not UIL. We don't do it totally UIL, but it, so it wasn't a UIL contest. But I did do some shows there, so it was okay. yeah. And and so now you are technically retired. Mm-hmm. And but yep. if you don't mind me saying, your again your background is for students that you teach over in China, and right. you're teaching right. English to them. Right. How, how much of your teaching is theatrical? Oh, a lot of it, yeah. a lot of it, especially with my younger ones. Uh, I mean, it is, you have to use a lot of energy, facial expression, you know, it's, but, you know, even with, um, I had uh, one, the, one, one girl who's now been a regular, she's, uh, she was 12 at the time. And um, the, the comments from other teachers were that kind of, she was a hard nut to crack, you know, she was yeah. not really very responsive. <clears throat> And so um, I managed to, to hook into something that she liked, which was an anime okay. series, a Chinese, Japanese, Japanese anime series. And so now it's, I, I try to just be very energetic and go, oh, wow, you know, look at the characters. Yeah. And so it's almost like acting in a way because it, it keeps her engaged. 
so and for the younger ones, definitely with facial expression, with, you know, with movement, with my voice, you know, right. all of that is plays into it. Right. Are there things that you've learned as an online teacher that you wish you could take back to a classroom now? Ooh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I can't really say, I can't really say, well, now, I mean, if I had to, <laughs> I'm so grateful that I'm not a teacher right, right. now. I don't know that I yeah. can handle it. Right. Um, but um, I, you know, I guess, I'm lucky on these because it's just one-on-one. And so it's easy to make a connection with them. Uh, And it's just establishing that connection with the kid, the individual connection with the kid. And that's, but that's something I tried to do when I was in the classroom anyway. But it's easier. Well, it's easier and harder in ways that are different now, you know, with Mm -hmm. an English speaking. uh, Oh, I can't even imagine. No, I don't know how you guys do it. Are we, well, I don't ask me. I don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I do my best. I do. You know, one thing that Kevin Rigdon always always said was, uh, I I dread the day that people find out that I'm a fraud. You know, uh, uh, I know. So. <laughs> that is, I think we all I think we all think that, don't we? <laughs> That's funny. So, and and uh, I want to wrap up on on this because mm-hmm. it's Tuesday night, and you know we have better things to do, right? All, well, real quick, how early do you? Because when I interviewed Teresa Ragland, she was saying that she woke up at three a.m. to to teach the kids, and I mean, how? What's your mm-hmm. what's your alarm? Well, my my schedule. Well, see, Teresa is one of those who can get up five minutes oh, yeah. before class, and she's good. I have to have a couple of hours yeah. because I'm slow. <laughs> Um, so my classes usually, and I don't teach as many classes as Teresa does, yeah. but, um, usually I'll see on, I teach on Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, my, my classes are at five 30 and six 30 in the morning. Okay. So I'm up at three 30 to get ready on Fridays. I have them at four 30, five 30 and six 30 in the morning. Wow. So I'm up at two 30 and on Saturday, I wasn't teaching on Saturdays, but I had the cutest little eight-year-old girl. <laughs> It was always during the week and we ended a lesson one time and I was about to say goodbye. And her mother always sits just off camera. So you can't see her. And I could hear the mother say, ask teacher, teacher, can you teach me on Saturday? (laughs) She's looking. She said, teacher, can you teach me? Oh my God. How can I say no? You know? (laughs) Yeah. So you gave So that's a six o'clock one. (laughs) Oh, it's not too, that's easy compared to this. Yeah, that's an easy one. But, <laughs> but I'm retired. So, you know, if I need to take a nap, I can take a nap. If I, you know, it's no yeah. big deal. So you mentioned that you were uh, born and raised in a small town. Um, mm-hmm. And I've asked this of a couple people. None of my questions are unique. <laughs> I just, they're just recycled. <laughs> but uh, yeah. wh- what is it that you miss the most about your hometown uh, today that, that, you wish you could just go back and either have meaning eat or uh, see or do or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the country. I love having the space. I never, you know, we had big wide pastures and everything all around. And you know, I had ever, I knew everybody around because they were, most of them were relatives if yeah. nothing else, you know, it's, it was just a slower, nicer kind of life than living in the city. I don't know, you know, so it's, it's a double-edged sword. I would, I would love that kind of life again, but I also like being close to so many conveniences that I have here. 
I just, I miss the people. I miss the the quality of life. I miss the open spaces and the fresh air and and all of that. That's, that's what I miss the most about it. Yeah. That's good. And then last, 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 I always say a final (laughs) question. Then I really have two Uh, (laughs) being that you are, uh, you're, I know you're only in your twenties, but, uh, you've had a lot of experience. Um, and, and I know you're not really in the game right now with kind of the current situation of this, this coronavirus situation of, of teaching hybrid or face-to-face or whatever, but there are a lot of new teachers that have started this year. One of the worst years Mm -hmm. that they could possibly start. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any sort of, uh, one podcast I listen to is called, they call it gassing you up meaning you're, you're giving them sort of this motivation, this, this pep talk, if you will. Do you have any sort of positive, uh, uh, any inspirational something that you could tell a first-year teacher that right now is thinking, this is, teaching is the worst profession out there because I've, this is, because right now it sucks for them, you know? Absolutely. Uh, the first year is bad alone, whether you're in the classroom or not. Um, mm-hmm. but do you have any sort of that gas me up, uh, type of inspirational speech or even a f- <laughs> saying or quote that you could give some of those teachers out there that, that might be listening? You know, I, I was in the classroom for 42 years. It was a long time. I've seen a lot of things come and go. I've seen a lot of good and a lot of bad, um, not having lived through having to teach in this environment, I would say simply trust me this is as bad as it can get. If you can survive this year, it's clear sailing through the rest of your career. So just hang in there for that one year. It's going to get better after this. Minor wisdom.